This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here on the third floor of our office tower in uh, downtown West Palm Beach, Florida, in our three-story office tower. And I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Leslie Bennett. And also joining us today is our good friend, Troy Temple, who is the dean of the Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. And we're talking about replanting, renewing, and reimagining the way that we do church. And today we're going to talk about reimagining the way that we do Christian education, theological education, which is so important, Leslie, for what we do at Family Church. And I know our listeners have a great concern for this as well. That's right. So we're excited that we have with us today Dr. Troy Temple, who's no stranger to Family Church. So Troy, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your connection with Family Church? We love Family Church. I was able to be a part of Family Church. My wife and I moved down with our little daughter at the time. She was two so that's been a long time ago because she is now 23 and graduating wow. from college this semester. We were there from about 99 to 2002 and serving in the student ministry there. We just love South Florida. We loved our time there. We got to meet some great folks and build some long-lasting relationships like with Leslie and her husband, George, that we've known since they were volunteers in the student ministry back in the early 2000s, and I'm glad it stuck. So she stayed with the church and continued. That's right. right. Yeah, I do have to say, like, if I could just share the story a little bit, I will say, Troy, I mean, I've told you many times, I mean, your influence in our life was pivotal because you were the one who recruited my husband, George, to serve in the student ministry. And that really did Velcro us together, allowed us to serve together. And I love your wife, Carla. She's one of the most amazing women that I know. I wish that we lived closer so I could hang out with Carla more. So we're super thankful for the temples. Yep, I am too. And then, Troy, this is before I was connected with Family Church. So it's just as the Lord has it, you actually left Family Church and moved to Louisville, where I was serving, and we got to work together at Southern Seminary and at Highview Baptist Church. Yeah, and honestly, those were, as Leslie just said, talked about you know the formative years for them at Family Church and serving, and those years for us in Louisville were really formative for us. I mean, we were still a young family. At that point, we had added one kid to the mix, and so we moved to Louisville and met you, Jimmy, as well as uh, Kevin Zell and some other dear friends and have so many common relationships that, that really were flourishing at that point and came out of that time, being at Southern Seminary and especially Highview, leading in that campus ministry capacity. And it just really solidified so much that we do in ministry and training as we look back over those years. And Louisville's a great town. We've lived in some great places. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I mean, to be in South Florida and to spend some time in Louisville, I gave it all up to come to the mountains, the hill city. Come to the mountain. So, and we came to Liberty Mountain, where we returned to Liberty Mountain in 2013. My wife and I both went to school here. We met here in the cafeteria in 1988, January 20, at 1137. Oh, That's a man who knows when he met his wife right there. He knows what's up. (laughs) Well, Carla's pretty pretty amazing, so I can understand why you would would know when you met her. Hey, Troy, it's interesting because at Liberty, you guys were students there. You've been an adjunct professor there. You went back as a professor. But now tell our listeners about your role because it's really important. 
It is. God has been so good to continue to unfold his journey and his plan for our lives. And I would encourage anybody that's listening, part of the training that we need in ministry is going to be involved with going to a, a degree program. But I would hate to, for anybody to get the idea that if you're not pursuing a degree program, that the training isn't there. The training that we received along the way outside of any classroom is as deep and as strong as anything that we've experienced. And that God has used all of those to enrich our lives, but also to help to fine tune us as leaders and servants for the kingdom. And so back in 2013, the, the university here, Liberty, called and asked me to come back in a particular capacity. And it was one of those that most of the folks that I worked with said, man, you're taking a demotion from what you were doing at Southern as an associate dean. But I knew God had something in mind. And this past January, all that came to fruition when I was announced as the dean of the School of Divinity here at Liberty University. So, you know, I, I tell people, they say, has it changed? And I said, well, the daily responsibilities and the task kind of look the same as when I was an associate dean, except no one ever puts the assistant coach's name in the paper, win or lose. So, <laughs> That's right. It's a greater responsibility, but it's a privilege to serve in that capacity. But there is a huge, urgent responsibility when it comes to training for the ministry and recruiting and training students, shepherding a faculty as well as keeping us on mission. So that's my role here. And that's what's, it's just been so exciting to walk through that and to begin to pull a team together that's rowing in the same direction. When I mean team, our university here has an overall mission that complements the Raleigh School of Divinity. I mean, we exist to train champions for Christ, for the gospel in every discipline. But our founder, Dr. Jerry Falwell Sr. started this university to raise up leaders for the church and those who would be carrying the mission of primary leadership in the local church. And that's where the School of Divinity rests. Uh, we exist to come alongside the local church in its quest to fulfill the Great Commission. So everything we do has to be calibrated with that mission focus. So whether it's biblical, Bible, theology courses, any of that. So Yeah, and it's so important. So, so talk about, so the Ron School of Divinity actually impacts, talk about the different kind of levels of education, the way that you guys offer different kind of degree programs and tracks for people in different places in their educational journey. Absolutely. So we really cover the gambit. There's a whole spectrum of opportunities and resources to come alongside anyone who's equipping. I think the one thing that's most unique that I really want to start with is that our desire is to partner with local churches and doing that specifically through strategic partnerships to help with the training, to help provide discounted tuition, as well as the partnership, because our goal is still the local church from the School of Divinity. But here we range everything from what most people would understand as being very traditional. We've got associate degrees in various areas of religion with areas of specialization, but our bachelor's programs deal both with the biblical and theological knowledge, the foundational understandings that underpin everything we do in ministry, as well as Christian leadership and church ministry, which would include lead and senior pastor roles, as well as various areas of discipling ministries throughout the church. It could be children's ministry, youth ministry, or specific men's and women's ministries, global studies, missions. We give opportunities to fully develop people in those programs at a bachelor's level, and then we, we continue on through the graduate level like many seminaries do with master's all the way up through PhD work. The uniqueness here at Liberty is that we are able to leverage a stellar faculty across liberal arts education. Before we jumped on here this afternoon, just talking a little bit about who our faculty are when it comes to certain theological beliefs and doctrines that we hold very tight in certain ways when it comes to understanding scripture. Our faculty across the board, not just in the School of Divinity at Liberty, are consistent in their conservative doctrine and theology because of that. God is just blessed richly with some stellar scholars in every area. 
And so we get the chance in the School of Divinity to, to co-labor in training people for ministry in the School of Divinity. So we get to leverage those relationships in a way that helps our students preparing for ministry be even more thoroughly prepared from a biblical worldview perspective. There's lots of opportunity there. We have two different platforms. You got online and you got residential. So everything we offer is an opportunity to see your calling, match your preparedness, and do it in a way that it approaches you wherever you may be. I so appreciate Liberty's consistent, conservative, biblical approach to education, not only in the School of Divinity, but across all disciplines. I'm thankful for the impact that Liberty has globally. Leslie, you're a Liberty mom. That's Actually, right. You and George have a, your daughter, Paige, graduated from Liberty. But let me ask you this, George, because this is something you and I have talked a lot about over the years. What do you think is the future of ministry training and theological education? Because I know it's nice to talk about what is, but what is coming? And even how COVID is kind of maybe accelerating some of these trends, I'm wondering about your thoughts. Yeah, and and there's no doubt. I mean, we've had to look at some situations even right now in the modern day and had to adjust. Even you have there at, at Family Church and many of our listeners have been forced to be a little bit more innovative. And what happens when we have to innovate in a very quick way is that we're, at, on the back end of that, we have to start doing some evaluation and asking questions. And the questions we've got to ask are, are the innovative th- things that we've begun to do to address a particular urgency in the now, are they things that need to go away when the urgency has been resolved? Or are these things that have helped propel us to be more effective in what we're doing? Well, that's definitely been the case in the local church. I mean, there's no doubt local churches have said, we need to leverage the virtual meeting venue for certain aspects of doing church ministry, not to replace the gathering together as we know it, but it, it's to complement the overall mission of the church. How do we then leverage that? Well, in higher ed, especially Christian higher ed here at the School of Divinity, we've had to do those same things. Liberty and the School of Divinity has been involved in online education for a long time. So we're not just talking about online education. What we're talking about is from, from our perspective is how do we begin get into the, the intentionality of leveraging both residential, online, hybrid partnerships and active learning type strategies. And so for the future, Jimmy, there's no doubt we're headed towards a future where there's a hybrid approach that is going to leverage as you are leading and as you are serving, Mm -hmm. equipping and training process. So for us, what that looks like, and we're beginning this process, this is something that's, that's, it's, it's burgeoning here in our school is we're trying to lay out a model that takes the academy, which is our school, the local church, and then the, the person serving where they are and how do we then create a model that helps them to leverage their experiences, be refined by the local church, but then be informed well in a relevant manner by the academy. And so we feel like a combination of both residential, whether it's here in Lynchburg or whether there are some you know, extension type sites, as well as the hybrid models is, is what we're looking at. And then on top of that, how do we get more bite-sized wins and training modules and create smaller certificates for people in local churches? So as a pastor, you're able to say, hey, folks, we know that many of you love teaching the Bible. What we want you to know is, is we've got an opportunity in a partnership with Liberty University and School of Divinity for you to complete this 15-hour certificate in methods of Bible teaching. Or maybe it's in specific organizational leadership for the church and ministry and, and student ministry, or maybe understanding biblical worldview even more. And we're trying to create things that help us 
further the mission of the gospel as people are being salt and light in their community. So obviously, Troy, you know a lot about our church. You know that we are training people for bivocational leadership here at Family Church. So I'm just curious, just like churches like ours or churches that are interested in training people, like what would they do? Like what would the, be the steps of exploring what it looks like to partner with Liberty University to do some of these things? Is this like conversation for you right now? Or are there things that you're actually implementing? Where are you at in your process? It's yes and yes, because we're not satisfied with where we are. So we're always having conversations and, and trying to develop new innovations for that. By the way, we are sending, I, I just sent a student y'all's way yesterday. He was praying about California or you guys. And I said, well, I don't know California. I know these guys. <laughs> All right. and, so, and then he said the magic words. He said, church planning. And I mm. said, well, then you definitely need to go there because if it's not with Family Church, you can get there from Family Church. That's yeah. exactly so right. We'll help. I think he's going to be heading down there next month to, to you know, explore y'all's residency program, which is really fantastic. Exciting. And it was, it was great to send him that way. What that really looks like, Leslie, that's a really good question because we want some takeaways. And I always like to leave people with options is there's, there's a couple of different things they could do. One, especially in smaller church context, is you need to pray about think about gathering people together in a particular community. So if it's a smaller church context, there's usually a couple of smaller churches in a region. And it's not hard to pull together an opportunity to start pouring into people who are feel called to ministry. But even to back up another step, I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing that's been neglected is calling out the call. For a long time now, we've kind of pushed pause. Maybe we're, I don't know, hesitant on wondering how people will respond but giving people an opportunity to respond to full-time vocational ministry. Some things have never changed. The economy of full-time employment, serving in a local church, that's never changed. It's always a step of faith and a walk of faith. But for us, we've developed a whole strategy. I've got an office and I've got a particular person. We have a staff member. That's all he does is work with churches to, to create strategic partnerships that help train people who are called to ministry. And by call to ministry, it works both ways. It's for that student who may be coming out of high school or even younger that's thinking about this. And by the time they get to college age, we're able to really partner with them. And also maybe adults in congregations who say, I just haven't been serious about leading in the church. And now I know well, this is what God has called me to as a believer. And I want to be better at what I'm doing. I'm not necessarily walking away. And that strategic partnership can help forge a new opportunity. And then there's people who are thinking about a second career. And that second career is, I'm going to step into full-time vocational ministry. So John Armstrong is our director of experiential learning here in the School of Divinity. And that's what he does. He meets with churches. He's already had conversations with you guys there at Family Church and helps to forge strategic partnerships. And not just forge those partnerships, because Family Church already has a whole training program going on. You guys have got the personnel there to really make that happen. We talk to a lot of churches who say, it's just me and two people. Right, We're which is a lot of our listeners. Yeah. And so what we would say is we would love to co-labor with you because what we try to do is help to borrow what we've learned through our other strategic partnerships and help create opportunities for you to do that in a reasonable way with attainable goals to be able to create those strategic partnerships in a way that help now begin training in those contexts. So we'll walk alongside you. We'll even create the 
help create the courses. We've got the syllabi. We've got the approach that you need to have for a local church that would even meet potentially the opportunity for someone to take their training and then move forward even in an online or residential capacity and have those credits or receive actually academic credit for that with the School of Divinity. We have listeners who are all over the map in terms of their education. Of course, we have people with terminal degrees and all these different things, but some of our listeners do not have a college degree. Some of our listeners do not have a master's degree, but they've always wondered if it was possible for them to get one. And some of them have always wanted to get a doctorate and they just didn't know. And then we have others who are listening and they're like, you know, I don't really need another degree, but is there some kind of, you know, what would you advise a pastor who's listening right now and says, I would like to level up in my education, just do one more level at least. I just don't know where to start. I don't know if I can afford it. I can't move. Like, what can I do? I would say there's two things. You put. One, everybody's got the internet for the most part that's listening to this. If right. listening, <laughs> yeah, you got they probably have the internet, yeah. It's the only way they're listening to this. Uh, so yeah. I would start with liberty.edu forward slash divinity. And I'd start with that page. And then you could also, I'm not sure if I can give the URL this way, but it's a URL. It's really easy. It's called refer, R-E-F-E-R dot L-U forward slash Troy Temple. And if they use that, actually, they could apply for free. Anybody listening can punch that in. They can apply. If the app fee will be gone. I may get a call from enrollment management after this podcast. <laughs> do that, but, but I'm like, so. It'd be nice uh, to get the enrollment free, though, and you can't be free. Right. That's exactly right. So we just get the application. It'll be free. And I would say to start there, it, it's not going to cost anything to put an application in and look at the programs. But for someone who's at different levels, like you said, Jimmy, if they're wanting to kind of level up, there are multiple, both undergraduate master's, and now we've just created what we call executive certificates. So someone already has a master's degree, and let's say they're not interested in continuing on and doing a PhD. Maybe it's just a season of life, and it's just, this is not where we are. Maybe you just got a house full of kids like Jimmy, and you say, I don't have time to to juggle a PhD, but you could do some. And so we have a 21-hour executive certificate in Christian leadership. And so actually, the, the strength of that particular one is it's a subset of our doctor of education in Christian leadership. So you could take the 21 hours. And if later you decided, you know, I think I'm going to go ahead and finish it, all of those credits would apply to that doctrine. We have the same opportunity, I think, for biblical studies. We have a Bible exposition executive certificate that then could help lead into our PhD in Bible exposition. Now, both of those degrees that I just mentioned are fully online. So there's no obligation to travel to campus for any of those. They're completely accredited and fully online, so you don't have to travel at all to get to them. So we do have some options where people can travel for intensives. But we have those certificates at every single level. There's master's in biblical studies and ministry leadership. Someone wants to do more in apologetics, worldview, theology. I would say this, that those are just those. It's just putting more valuable resources in your toolbox when it comes to personal life, but especially as as it comes to ministry life in the local church. Here's what I like to do, Troy. I'm so thankful for Liberty, making theological education and training accessible, making it affordable, making it adaptable so that wherever you are and what you're doing, like, I'm so grateful that you guys are doing it. And I'm grateful that you are conservative and Bible-based and uh, consistent in that way. And one thing we never have to worry about, Leslie, when it comes to liberty is where liberty stands on the Bible, where liberty stands on the gospel, and where liberty stands on the primacy of the Great Commission. So, mm-hmm. Troy, thank you so much for that. But I want what I would like to do, and I know this is hard for you, Troy, because you're, you're bleeding liberty. You know, I'd like you to yeah. step back from liberty for one more second as we finish this conversation. And I'd like for you just to speak to the pastors and other leaders that are listening just about how vital— being a lifelong learner is 
to success and effectiveness in the ministry? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it goes back to just what God has been teaching me for a lifelong time, that first and foremost, you can learn from anyone. And we always need to be open-handed with our knowledge. I tell my students, they ask it, how do you go home at night and figure out what to do the next day? I said, well, the first thing I do is I go home at night and I literally open my hands, say, God, it's all yours. I'll wake up tomorrow morning and I'll put my hands back on what you give me to do because it truly is his. And so we have to approach our training in that way. We can learn from anyone. And what I see too, and you see this mapped out and modeled in scripture, especially in the, in the lives of some of the church leaders that those who we would say have had accomplished things continue to meet difficult situations. So being prepared for what God has got ahead of us is really a matter of stewardship for us to be prepared. We don't know what is coming ahead. And so there is no age that you reach where you've accomplished and you've known enough to handle anything that might come our way. If that were the case, this pandemic may have rolled out differently. I don't know. But Lifelong learning has got to be a focus for everyone because we continue to you know, be approached with things that we've just never seen before. It's almost in the light of the men of Issachar who understood the times and what God's people should do. The times, they do change. I don't know. Is that a statement from somebody else's it, speech? The times, they are changing. <laughs> yeah, the Sounds like Bob changing. Dylan. Yeah, right. Is that Bob Dylan? Yeah, there you go. So there you go. I just brought some cool relevance. That's to right. In George so, Bennett's world, anyway. Yeah. And the other thing that it does, and this is a soul issue, is that it keeps us humble when we seek to keep learning. Mm. Because in order for us to keep learning, it demonstrates that we have not attained anything. And Paul says that, doesn't he? He says, I, I don't do all this. I'm not trying to claim that I've attained to everything. He does continue to stay focused on the gospel. I'm pressing towards the calling that I have in Christ Jesus. But he said, I haven't attained everything. To me, that says there's a limitation to his knowledge, his experience, and his ability, and he continues to grow. And the way you grow is being able to focus in on what you've been called to do and being obedient in that. That really requires us to be lifelong learners. And sometimes we have the opportunity to do it in an informal way with a degree program, with an institution. Other times it's because we are taking time to set aside to do it maybe informally in conferences and other things. is And that's where we've got to be. Yeah, I really love that, Troy. It speaks to me personally because as somebody who does have an education but always loves to learn, and actually at Family Church, we do value that. So Pastor Jimmy's encouraged many people on our team just to take some classes. And so I've gone ahead and done that, taken some classes and learned more about, some, about the Bible and how to study the Bible. And so I think there's always value in that, like no matter who you are, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a staff member, whether you're a lay leader, like there's always value in learning more and training yourself to better handle the word of God, handle theological truth, explain why you believe and what you believe. So thank you so much for coming on today and just helping our listeners understand that there's a whole wide world out there open to them and they can take advantage of it. Yeah, we love that. And uh, I, I just love also the network of relationships, again, uh, where we started with, uh, that are evident on this call. That's the you and George serving with Troy in student ministry, you know, two decades ago. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Troy and I getting to serve together as colleagues at Southern Seminary. And then we got to plant a church together in Indiana back in those days with Highview. And now I just love the way that God has continued to elevate Troy's impact and influence in the world. Boy, I can't imagine a better person at a better place than Troy Temple being the dean of the Rowling School of Divinity at Liberty University. So, Troy, thanks for coming on and 
And we're grateful for Liberty University, Leslie. We have tons of kids that grow up here at Family Church. We have kids up there right now going to school at Liberty University. Mm-hmm. We get their interns from Liberty University come down and spend the summer with us, and we get the opportunity to invest in them. And then we have multiple staff members right now that are in various degree programs uh, at Liberty University. So, Troy, thank you for coming on. It means so much. And if you're listening to us, Church for the Rest of Us, I hope that you hear the high value that we place on theological education. I'm not an education snob. I don't care what kind of degree you have or don't have, but I hope that you are being a lifelong learner. And I hope that you will press your education formally as far as your resources and opportunity and aptitude allow you to go. Hey, this is me signing off. Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Dr. Troy Temple, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.